Hello, hello everyone. So welcome again for another career and spirituality conversation. So for those of you who don't know me yet, my name is Julie, Julie Pohn, and I support spiritual seekers having a career experience to somehow reconcile what they do for a living with who they are as a soul. And this conversation as part of this mission to uh, to support uh, to support us and for that today, I'm very happy to have Angela Roth. Hi, Angela. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for having me. So I'm excited. Like uh, Angela has a, a, a very interesting career path, and uh, but I'll we'll look into that in a minute. First, we're going to do our, our usual one minute. A little grounding exercise. So for those of you who are listening and can close your eyes, you can, you're very welcome to do that. And uh, I'll do it too, actually. And um, uh, let's focus for a second on our feet and press our feet on the ground. Just uh, noticing the presence of the earth underneath us and acknowledging it grounding ourselves and then bringing our focus back all the way up from the feet into the chest and into the chest into the heart and making a connection with our hearts maybe even imagining as if our breath flows in and out through our hearts and from there, let's just breathe a little bit deeper and slower than we usually do for a few breaths. And I'll, I'll count them for us and let us know when we are ready to begin. And let's bring ourselves back into the here and now and opening our eyes when we are ready. And ta-da! <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, Angela. So, Angela, thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with me today. So, um, I'm going to introduce to say briefly like what you're doing right now is you're, you're a business coach who has founded an amazing community called Succeed from the Start, whose mission is really to help other heart-led coaches to thrive and to get their message across so that they can do what they do best, which is to help other people. And I'm sure we're going to talk a lot about that. Um, but 
as we know, like, you know, we're talking a lot about not only career, but spirituality as well here. So my first question for you will be, uh, what's your connection to spirituality? What's, uh, what's your relationship to it before we start talking about your career? Well, I think even as a little girl, I knew that something bigger was out there. I remember looking at, we had a, we had a massive big tree in our garden and I used to love watching it from the bedroom window. And then it, I was just watching the leaves and the, the the air, you know, sort of blowing the leaves. And then I remember lying in my bed, looking out the window at the moon and thinking, first of all, how does that stay? You know, how does it actually stay in the air? You know, <laughs> why doesn't it fall? And just things like that and my cat and no, knowing that these things can't be accidents. They don't happen by accident. They, they must be created for me. Um, and then... When I was about five, I think it was about five, I was actually asked to read a passage from the Bible at church. And um, I remember standing at the front of the church with this, you know, big book and thinking, well, just looking at everybody, actually. And I, I looked at them and they all smiled at me and I smiled at them. And then I realized my mom was like going, you know, you're supposed to be reading. And um it was just I, I read you know, and it was, later on at the end I was standing by my mum and all these people came up to her and saying how much they had been blessed by the fact that I had smiled at them and they thought I'd smiled at them particularly and I remember listening and thinking just being really interested because I hadn't smiled at them I had just smiled because of where I was but it, it's something I don't know what it was, but even at that age, I knew that I had a mission to make people smile, to make people feel loved, to just share that joy with them. And really, right the way through every job I've had, that's always stayed inside of me, that that's what my purpose is. Um, and it's it's a fascinating thing that I've gone back to time and again, and, and I know it doesn't come from me. So all the way through, it's it's been that sort of spiritual side of me that's um, given me my purpose, really. And you mentioned it happened in church. So how what's the impact of religion versus spirituality for you? So for me, I have a very deep faith. I have a, a very deep faith that I'm a created being and that all of us, there's a plan and a purpose for all of us, that there's that, you know, we were created before the beginning of time that and that that for me gives me focus it gives me hope um it gives me a real path of a, a, a conviction that we're here to serve each other that we're not it's, that we're never supposed to be an island that we should be in connection with other people um building relationships and i i don't think i would be doing what i'm doing now if it wasn't for my faith, um, you know, it's a, I am a Christian. I believe very much in that message. Um, and I'm always happy to talk about it, but equally happy to just be open, you know, and be with, with other people. And just, I think, to help other people to to let go of the past mm -hmm. um, and to always, because for me, very much, that there's always things in our past that can hold us back. And that can stop us being who we're supposed to be. And the more that we hold on to them, it's, it's a, I'm a very visual person. I see in pictures. So for me, I knew that things that have happened in my life have been negative. 
it's almost like you've got one of those bungee rope things that you use on cars you know to put roof boxes on it's almost like you're you're sort of held back mm-hmm. and it's sometimes people have hurt me yeah. and it you know I'll struggle to let go of that and then I think do you know what I need to forgive that person I need to just let go I need to unhook them from me because all it's doing is holding me back so it's it's I'm very focused on letting go of the pain the hurt anything that's happened so that I can move forward and in, inevitably if it's been holding me back when I choose to let go it's almost like I get a springboard to move forward it really impacts my journey forward so it's not to say I always get it right or that I never you know hold anything or any pain of course I do but it's when I make that decision to let go of it it's made a big difference to me and it makes a big difference with some of my clients when they manage to do that their message gets out further it touches more people because now they're looking forward instead of holding on to the past Mm. so as an aparte, actually, because uh, I was going to ask you about your career, but now, what's what's your advice on how to let go, actually, of this? I think for for me, it's always about recognizing that we don't know why somebody hurt us. We don't know why they did what they did. That could be parents, grandparents, could be people at school. I was very badly bullied at school, I and mean, it could be somebody at work. But people who hurt us. We will never know why they behave like that. We'll never know who hurt them. So if we can just see it in that way, that we don't understand their history, that's the first step. The second step for me is by letting go of it, we're not saying it was okay. Mm. So by forgiving that and letting go and unhooking ourselves, we're not saying that what they did was okay. We're never saying that. We're actually saying we need to move forward it's for our benefit if we can let go if we can forgive we can let them we can almost set them free from the, that pain and they can you know we don't know whether they'll ever access what what caused them to behave like that hopefully they will but i do know that holding on to it all that does is tie me up in knots and it means i can't achieve everything i'm meant to achieve so the you know those those two things really recognize you don't know what caused them to do it and secondly remember that you're not saying it's okay because that's for me the bullying really I really struggled with that because you know I used it so hurt me um but realizing that I would never say it was okay and by forgiving them I'm not giving them permission to do it again I'm just saying I don't want to be damaged by it anymore I want to move forward and be who I'm supposed to be yeah it's like the poison metaphor that holding on to the hurt is like uh, uh, thinking that we are poisoning someone else, but drinking the poison ourselves or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I agree with you, though. It's not always easy to to cut the the resentment or the, the anger or whatever is there, right? So it's about... No, I mean... The- the pain is real, isn't it? And it, and I think I think that's it. When I've spoken to other people, they've said, well, I can't do that because, you know, they should never have done what they did or they should say sorry. Mm. And, and that's, of course, that's true. But if we just stay there waiting for them to, to do it and they never do it, then we would always stay in the pain. We'd always stay in the, in the hurt. 
and it damages. So if we can just say, I'm not saying it's okay, and one day I hope they say sorry, but in the meantime, I'm not going to allow myself to be dragged down by it anymore. I like that. It also allows us to um, broadcast something different in in the, through the energy around ourselves that is more beneficial for us yeah. and for the rest of the world than than festering the the negative emotions. Obviously, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, so, Angela, what's your your career trajectory? So where, because now you're helping, uh, you know, you're a coach, you're helping other coaches, but uh, I think you started in a very different um, <laughs> career arena. So can you tell us about it? <laughs> yes, I definitely did. So at the age of 16, I had this deep conviction that I needed to join the police force. And I woke up this one morning and I thought, I'm, I'm going to join the police. And I was um, a homemaker little girl. I loved dolls. I loved baking and all of those things. I hated PE at school, particularly outside. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't mind, you know, the stuff inside, but I hated all the sports outside. So when I said to my mum, I'm going to join the police, she she looked at me (laughs) as if I'd gone a bit crazy. Like, what? (laughs) And my dad was, no, what what are you talking about? So they'd always brought us up to say that we would go to university because dad hadn't been allowed to so he wanted us to so I said no it's okay I'm going to go to university and then I'm going to join the police and I think they thought she'll grow out of it you know she'll grow out of it but I didn't I just the conviction got stronger and stronger so I joined the police after university and um, that was such a it was a big shock to the system but I would have I only stayed because I knew I was supposed to stay um, and I learned so much about myself and and it gave me confidence it also put, brought me into contact with people who are have struggles in life that I could never even imagined having um really I worked in the very inner city of Manchester so it was a, wasn't a pleasant place to work but the thing that I I had a, a sort of determination that everybody I spoke to whether I was arresting them or you know charging them with any offense that that I needed that they needed to finish by saying thank you not by me you know not thank you that you arrested me or thank you that you um prosecuted me for an, an offense but thank you that you've treated me like a human being and that was my driving force really um and it just took me to places of caring for people that as I say I never would have met normally so I learned a huge amount um following on from there after the children were born and I I felt it wasn't uh, a good place to be working in that you know in that uh, career at that point the I did various other things I, I trained as a dental nurse and that was an interesting <laughs> um looking in people's mouths that's you know um, yeah. but again it was the it was the comfort and uh, because so many people are stressed and nervous about that particular place to go to so I found that was a very good place to sort of just help and support people um I did various other jobs during the children's sort of growth um, worked in a school and all sorts of things but then when um I I'd lost a lot of weight um and one of my sisters had really struggled with weight and so I became a weight loss consultant myself and I really enjoyed that again helping people through difficulties but when COVID hit 
and everything went virtual, I, I sort of assumed that's what I should do virtually. And I tried to do that. I signed up to uh, a very expensive coaching program that promised me that they would give me everything I needed and I could go out there and I'd have this successful business and all these people would come to me. But the truth was I wasn't in the right job. It wasn't really what I was supposed to be doing. And they never even really explored that with me. Um, so in the, in the meantime, I was learning a lot about systems, about tech, um, which I loved. But most importantly, I was finding people asking for help and support um, and also encouragement, advice about what they should be doing um, in their sort of coaching career. And I began to really, really love that. And then I found myself, I was spending so long helping those people for nothing. I wasn't, wasn't getting paid for that. While I was trying to build up a business that wasn't really succeeding, not getting paid for it, trying to pay off these huge bills that I uh, invested in. So then about two years ago, I had this moment and I thought, why am I doing this? I, it was like I was walking through treacle on the weight loss business and absolutely passionately helping heart-led coaches to get themselves out there. So I just thought, this is ridiculous. I'm going to change. So I, that's when I began Succeed from the start. And particularly because I met so many people who are heart-led, heart-driven, passionate about what they do. They want to help people. They're not money-driven, um, but they were getting so tied up in knots about the money. It was stopping them really you know succeeding in what they do they they also were getting very embarrassed about selling um and i found that once i was selling from my heart once i was doing what i was supposed to be doing selling became like giving a gift mm. and that for me changed everything so that's when i started the community mm. what i love about the story of your career journey is it's like I see it as a horizontal versus vertical, as in um, it was not. It's not really about what you're doing, like which would be the vertical angle, but it's about this underlying um, value that runs through anything that you that you could possibly be doing, which is that helping people, encouraging people, making people smile. So. That because that that's a message I like, you know, I really resonate with that sometimes we are trying to find the one thing that is gonna make us fulfilled, as in the one activity, the one job, the one profession. And that sometimes is not it's more subtle than that. So it's not mm. so important the what, but as it's like these little things underneath that we can weave into any anything that we are doing. So I think you're you're an amazing example of that. You you've kept that that strong line from 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 the very start, from that day in church to to now, and that maybe now it feels like uh, like maybe the horizontal and the vertical are, are really maybe crossing. Uh, on top of it, they're just aligning perfectly now. I think that's right. Actually, I feel like everything in my life so far has been preparation for what I'm doing now. It's it's. I, we ran an event at the weekend and watching people really have the opportunity to share from their heart in a way that was touching lives and 
in so many different ways. We, it was based around the family and relationships, this particular event. But each one had a different gift to give. And even though some, a couple of them were, say, talking about teenage children, but they had a different approach, something that was going to touch people in a different way. And it's, um, I mean, I've never minded, you know, I've been a waitress, I've been a bingo caller, I've been a policewoman, I've been Tupperware sales lady and all of this. And, and each one, and I think this is true for everybody, it, as long as it aligns with your purpose, as long as you understand who you are, why you're here, then you can actually be satisfied and happy in anything you do. It doesn't matter what it is. You can be fulfilled in it. Um, but I do think I've learned so much about people in that journey that now I really, really want to help other people um, get, you know, get their message out there instead of sort of being hidden away. And particularly people who have a passion to serve and a passion to help other people. It's, it's The world needs it. You know, there's so much pain out there that the more I can do to help other people help heal that pain is, um, you know, that's just every morning. That's what drives me, really. And if you don't mind me coming back to your police um, time, because you said it just you knew or like you had that such a strong sense that this is what you were going to do. Do you? Can you describe to us what was that feeling? Do you know where that was coming from? Do you know, do you know why somehow? I think I, I don't. It's funny. There's been a few occasions in my life where um, I've just. It's almost like there's a warmth inside me. I wake up, and I just have this deep conviction of a particular thing. And so, with the police, um, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, that it had to be, um, I, whether it was God telling me that that's what I needed to do or or what it was, I, it was just, I knew I had to do it. And I also knew that I couldn't be making it up because, you know, joining the police was a big shock to me, but I did realise that I was placing myself, you know, in a situation that I wasn't comfortable normally with. So, um you know, doing cross country running through Manchester, that, you know, I, I don't think I could have ever been prepared for that. <laughs> but, you know, I I just, that just wasn't something I, that I liked as a child. You know, people, I remember somebody saying to me, oh, you must have been a tomboy when you were little to want to join the police, you know, and the opposite was true, completely the opposite. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was like when um, I've got four children and I'd always wanted a big family, but after the third one, I was really not very well. Um, I didn't seem to be able to have another child. And then one day I just knew God was telling me, I suppose, that you will, you know, you'll have your fourth baby and actually it'll be born before you're 40. So literally I was expecting my fourth child within the next month and I hadn't been able to get pregnant for seven years. And suddenly this... Um, this baby appeared, you know, changed our life around again. So I think if you're open and asking, where am I going? What's the next step? Then you can know. You can just um, allow yourself to, to feel it. And if it seems a bit strange and if something seems to be drawing you to something you don't understand, if you allow just to sit with it, you know, let it sit there and ask yourself questions about it. Um, ask other people about it, but don't don't ever be put off. If you've got a strong feeling inside of you that 
you should be doing something just because other people think you're crazy. Don't let that stop you. Yeah. So it's, uh, would you say just following intuition? Uh... I, I think, I don't know um, how much people watching, I, I suspect many, many of you will know about, you know, human design and, and all that. There's various different uh, ways aren't there to look at what how our makeup is but the 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 journey that I've taken in understanding myself uh, very much I'm an intuitive thinker so and I will physically feel it you know inside of me there'll be a a stirring inside of me that makes it's like my whole body will feel it um, now that's not true for everybody other people will think in their heads um, and so on but for me it's deep inside me right inside the center of my being that's where I'll feel something that that and it's usually something that is a, a fairly big step in a particular direction um it's also it means I tend to speak from my heart it's what's driving the the way that I teach people to speak publicly I've been a, a, a public speaking mentor for someone else where the there's a very much a, a strategy to follow Whereas I teach people to really listen to themselves and what what is what is right, so that when anything that comes out of their mouth has to be congruent with who they are, um, and and following a, a sort of a, a set pattern isn't necessarily the right thing to do. So that's and then my business partner, for example, she is, she's a Belgian lady, a lovely lady, very much thinking in her head when we first met. And I realized that she enjoys doing things that I don't enjoy doing and vice versa. But only this weekend when I heard her speak about the change that she's feeling in her life through working together with me, she was speaking from her heart. And that's a new thing. And it was such a delight to hear her letting go of the, the kind of control bit. And actually, she didn't even know what she was going to say when she started. And that's a whole new thing for her. And I could even watch the, the sort of a bit of surprise on her face that she was even doing it. Um, and the more you put yourself with people who do speak from their heart, the more you find yourself doing it. So um, I definitely recommend giving that a go too. Yeah, yeah. As someone who's very much uh, spent a lot of time up here, I do relate you know so yeah um and so actually for people like me let's say who are who are your your business partner who would be maybe um mentally more mentally oriented let's uh, put it you know politely uh, uh what's your advice for us to to be able to also have access to this flow the flow well so for, for Vicky, she was very um she's very strategically systematic. It's it's everything needs to have a, a shape and a structure to it. And if you live like that all the time, then you're going to get things in on time. You're probably not going to get overwhelmed by suddenly realizing you were supposed to have done something yesterday and you've got to sort of rush to do it. So it's a very good um practical process to follow and it's really helping me actually to work with her because she's bringing that kind mm -hmm. of uh, coordination into my life at the same time it can sometimes stop you achieving fully what your potential is so you can't suddenly change from one to the other 
both ways. You can't do it. But allowing yourself to start speaking your dreams, thinking what what does life mean to you? Where would you like to go? And then allowing yourself to speak about it and to write about it. And so one of the first things I would say is to, to write, to ask yourself what your heart message is. And that your heart message is all about uh, what's your purpose? What drives you? What makes you feel fulfilled? Who is it that you can help and what change can you make for them? And then sit with it. And to help you sit with it, think about the pain of the people that you're going to help. So ask yourself where they are now and describe in pictures where they are now rather than just in words and really try and feel it. And then feel the place that they're going to be once they've worked with you and start describing it. Make it visual, make it 3D if you like. Once you've started to do that, then it's about opening your heart now to accept who you are and what you can do. And, and one of the most powerful ways you can do that is to write yourself a love letter and literally let your pen flow. Don't think about it. Just get pen and paper out. Make sure you're quiet somewhere. Make sure nobody can disturb you and start telling yourself all your gifts. Start really loving yourself writing that love letter to yourself the more you allow yourself to do it the more you find your pen is moving without you even thinking about it and when you've stopped if you just put it away come back to it maybe add some more to it it starts to unlock your heart and it starts to help you follow that part of you that's probably a little bit too organized at the moment um, and definitely that's that's what's happened for Vicky yeah so you've been helping each other you've been completing each other uh, in a sense but also rubbing I, I just do say that rubbing off each other yeah yeah definitely um she's she will sit with me sometimes and she'll say so what are we doing in this particular event uh what are we looking for what are we going to you know create in here and, and I'll just like it would um, holding what she's sort of writing it all down and then but she'll ask me questions so what do you mean by that how are we going to know if that works what kind of people are we reaching for and so on so she she'll draw out of me everything that's going on inside of me and then she'll say right so let's find the pattern of, of how that's going to work um, how many how much time do we need how many days do we need um, how long is this particular session going to be so she will come up with the kind of lesson plan, if you like, um, on the three days training we did last week. She had a clipboard with, you know, this is what we're starting with. This is the aim of the day. This is the aim of each exercise. That was so helpful to me because it kept me on task because I, I have a tendency to, somebody asks a question, then I think oh, it's really important. We all know this. And I'll perhaps go off down that route, which means we don't cover the things we were supposed to cover. So it's really, really helpful to me. I'm very, very grateful for it. And similarly, like she, she was very upset with herself almost because we were doing the one part of the event and she we, she got to the bit that she wanted to do the last bit. And I said, I'm really sorry, Vicky, but we've run out of time. It's lunchtime. Lunch is ready for everybody. And she was, oh, no, how could I have done this? How could I have oh, you know, I just didn't fit to the time. So that was really very good for her to, mm. to not fit to the time. So 
definitely we help each other actually it's, it all it speaks of um how do you say uh walking to our strengths and mm. and surrounding ourselves with the right people and maybe don't we don't need to be good at everything as long as we are um we're surrounding yourself with the people who know yes so i think that's that's I, i'm guessing that's the essence of of what you've um created with vicky right yes i mean we um i suppose interestingly again it's she came into my world through this training for sort of public speaking coaching and working as a mentor they they put you in a room together so with cut costs really so you share a bedroom and the first night I didn't even really know her in fact she had scared me when I first met her all I'd seen was this lady who would be sitting at the front asking questions all the time and so on didn't feel like you know she was a bit, a bit scary and then we were put in this bedroom and we literally talked till five o'clock in the morning it was like meeting my a sister that I'd never met before um and then we worked three times we this happened sort of sharing a room and so on and she kept talking about working with other people and I kept saying um telling her you know the things I was doing and she wanted to be part of the community but she thought she wouldn't fit and then one day so Vicky everything you say and everything you can do is what I need and it feels to me like what I do is what you need um why don't we work together and I think if you're heart-centered or if you're brain-centered or wherever else, trying to do anything on your own is really quite tough, or it can be. Um, some people love working on their own, but for many of us, we can become bigger and, and wider and reach further when we recognize that we don't know it all. You know, we can't um, tick every box because we're not supposed to. When we actually start, it's like the flavor becomes um, more intense. You know, like when you mix sometimes, you know, herbs and spices and things together, the flavor becomes richer and more and it, it, more people like it, if you like. So I would certainly recommend at least opening yourself. Um, if you are working as, on your own as a solopreneur, which can feel more like being a lonelypreneur, really, for many people, you know, ask yourself, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to look for someone who might compliment what you do. Don't worry that you're giving all your magic away or, um, you know, that you'll lose your identity because the truth is you get richer. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose in like the, the difference between working in a, a traditional, well, traditional career, like let's say in corporate or 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 taking that step and going solo and and setting up our own business is like we are by essence surrounded with by other people in uh in a company and then suddenly we are and ending up um having to do everything so like there is although it can appear maybe appealing for people who are like getting burned out or like no, no unfulfilled at that stage in in a company, the um, going solo also has its uh, a different set of uh, of challenges, obviously, um, yeah. 
And like when you've transitioned yourself in in working for yourself, what were what would you recognize as the biggest challenges and um and what advice would you be giving to people who are thinking about doing a similar transition? I think the biggest um, struggle for me was time management. And that is partly because I can get carried away, you know, with a, a dream or a vision. Uh, but it's also because suddenly I was having been working as I was working, I was self-employed, but I was working for a, a big group. So you had a lot of support behind the scenes. Yeah. Suddenly all of that, you were having to do it all. And I felt like I was spinning plates. And I think that's true for many solopreneurs. It feels like you've got to be a jack of all trades, really. And the one that you're the master of, the one that you're really good at, can get swallowed up by all the other things that need to be done. And I think there's a lot of people out there who really, they don't end up um, succeeding in their mission because they're spending so much time doing all the other bits. So, you know, my first uh, advice would be don't stay on your own. It's really, unless you're called to be on your own, unless you are totally self-driven and you know what your day is going to look like from me you know beginning to end i mean that's where the community succeed from the start came from because i knew and i recognized as i was talking to people they did not want to be on their own they wanted to complete and succeed in their own business but they needed some people to do it alongside and to share the skills with so we work very much as a, a cooperative uh, we share some pieces of software for example um, we share a digital marketing platform. Um, and so a lot of the skills and the advice behind the scenes, we'll, people can work on together. They can help and support each other. If one person learns, well, it was say it was landing pages, you know, if somebody learns how to do that, then the other person can help them how to do automations or social media scheduling and all of these. You can share it. That's the biggest thing I would say. Don't stay on your own. Make sure you find a community of like-minded people who are willing to help you grow. They're not there to take away or steal from you. They're there to help you grow. Um, and they celebrate. They're there to celebrate with you because we all need other people to celebrate what we're doing. And it's it's all very well to know and celebrate yourself. And that's important. But um, when other people are coming along and saying, that's amazing, you know, that you know, let me help you, let me talk about you, um, that's really powerful. So I definitely say find that community around you. Yeah, community. And so you're you have this community and so you're helping each other or working together like on a on a day-to-day -day basis. But I know that you're also organizing these live events. So can you tell us a little bit more about them and maybe when is the next one and, and who is it for? Like you know, so um if someone people who are listening might uh you know might be uh, tempted by joining. No, that, I mean, that would be wonderful. So they started out because we felt very much that we needed to get heart-centered people, coaches particularly, onto the stage. We've met a lot of people who want to speak about what they do. And at the moment, they're perhaps going onto a, a, you know, a virtual platform of some kind. Um, but they're very nervous about standing on the stage live. And yet at the same time, they really want to do it. They're just not quite sure how to get the, the the message out there. So what we've created is a speaker's training, um, a, and we call it stepping out of the shadows because 
basically there are a lot of people hiding in the shadows waiting and then they don't know how to get the message out there so we work on the heart-led message that i've talked about a bit earlier finding out what is that for them what's driving them what do they where do, where is where is somebody going to be once they've worked with this person and then we look at sharing that from the stage in about 15 minutes and then going on from there they run a workshop they run a live workshop which takes about an hour and during that workshop the purpose is to give people a win to make sure that people in the audience actually get to experience something practical and it's all about the know like and trust actually so the the message part is knowing what the message is, where the heart is of that person. They get to like that person by experiencing something that they do. And they get to trust that person by actually achieving a change during that workshop in order to give the, the coach that's speaking an opportunity to sell what they do. Because we are very, very happy to allow people to um, sell, at least as long as they're selling from their heart, as long as they genuinely can provide what they can do, we want to give people a platform to do that. So the event itself, the next event itself is at the end of March. It's the weekend of the 25th, I think, of March. Um, and before that, there's three days training. So people who join us through January, February, March will go on that training on that three days. They then take part in helping to run the event over the weekend. So they actually get trained in event planning, event management, um, running the Zoom room or whatever it is, the different bits and pieces. Then they get to speak at the next event, which is in June after that. So they will come back. They will have time to practice. They'll have lots of feedback. And then they get to their turn to be on the stage at the next event. Mm, that's amazing because then you're always you're seeing the event from being on stage but also backstage mm. and how everything is organized that's awesome so maybe maybe you're raising a next generation of coaches who are also gonna organize possibly live events and um yeah that's uh that's awesome it's like uh it reminds me of um you know, throughout your journey, we we're saying about this underlying uh, love for people and helping people, and that at some stage you're you're really finding that alignment between the that value and and the what that really helps to to do that in a more expanded way. But mm. not only are you doing that, but then you're you're um, how do you say? It? It's like you're duplicating your, your yourself in a sense. Um, so like it's not the message is not just you to to someone else. It's like a, a you to someone else, and that someone else is spreading it out as well. It's uh, um, it's right. amazing that it's. Uh, yes, I think um, I think one of the things that we really really want is that when people come to the training. They get to know other people who are in a similar field or a similar way. Um, and then during the event, we've got, we concentrate on three areas. One is the sort of business, one is health and wellness, and one is the family and relationships. And so we're hoping that the coaches who come on the training will actually begin to realize that maybe they could run an event. You know, they could run an event if their family and relationship, sort of that's their world. They could get together and they could run an event where they could actually help each other, promote each other and 
touch more people basically um that's that's our that's our goal to to drive that forward so that there are increasingly more people who are confident enough to go out there and mm. really share their message that ripple effect mm-hmm. because it, it resonates with me with uh with really our, our journey as you know learning about who we are and uh and finding you know finding purpose or mission and 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 that mission lives beyond us and uh like from if i compare from at the start when you said you know like when you were in the police forces the it was all about having that one person you know say thank you like being for having had a, a an experience of uh, being treated like a human being so mm-hmm. it's like very much one on one and now it's uh, like through your impact that goes tenfold through the the ripple effect that um, that it's creating. So, yeah. Yes, I mean, I have to say there's one there's one guy. I'm sure he won't mind me saying his name, Paul. And I met him in January. He was so shy, so um, nervous, really wanting to help people with their money and helping them to understand how how they can be in control of it rather than other people controlling it. And but she was really nervous about, well, can I, don't know if I can do it, don't know if I can do it. And he spoke on, on the weekend and we took a picture of him afterwards and just watching the change in his face from this nervous, where his eyes were really quite worried to this relaxed, smiling, excited, <laughs> really just say like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Now I just want to do more of it. Now I want to get out more. And, and I know that I, I need to do um, to make sure that more people hear this. It was um, that was just so rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Having that experience. And yeah, we need to have that experience in order to trust that we are in the right place and that we can do it. Yeah. But you're not, you're not just putting people on the spot. You're 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 giving them all of the the confidence and the training so that when they have the experience, they're going to enjoy the experience. Yes, it's um, there is nothing quite like standing on a stage and knowing that you're connecting with people in the audience who are really resonating with what you're saying. Um, I love thinking of it. Uh, I don't know whether your listeners will know, but as a little girl, I remember getting a, a set. I think it was from Father Christmas, actually, in the grotto. And it was like a magnetic fishing pond thing. And you, you put your sort of stick there with a the string and these fish at the bottom would start to lift up because they were being drawn to the magnet. And that's how it feels when you give somebody the right opportunity. It's like they're throwing their net, their sort of liner. And, and as they connect, really connect with the heart of the listener, they it's like that that person sits up and you can see them coming onto the edge of their chair. You can see their whole body language saying, I need to hear this. This is something that's going to help me really change my life. Um, and when that happens, I don't think there's another experience that's quite like it. Yeah. So what would be your, um, how would you describe, you know, the world, the expression being heart-led? So it's, what, yeah. So to be heart-led, and it's an interesting one, because I remember when I first started using it, people would be like, what do you mean? And it wasn't really heard, but more and more people are beginning to recognize it. And for me, 
the the coaching world was swamped with people who were money driven and they were telling people that they could make them into six figure seven figure eight figure coaches and they looked like they could do it because they were with a big massive house and all of this but actually what was happening was they were getting coaches who were heart-led to buy into these expensive programs so of course it meant that they could um they were they were six seven figuring and you see a lot of this still out there and you were almost told that you had to think of the money first if you're going to be successful but what i see is unless you're you could be money driven and that's fine but actually if you're heart-led that means your purpose has to come first your passion has to come first the change that you can make for people is the most important thing in your life and once you align your message with that and the program that you're creating, perhaps what you're speaking about, the money comes. But it feels so much more powerful because you're fulfilling your mission. Um, you don't need to worry about the money coming in. That will come. It's like where the where the um, where the purpose goes, then the money flows. You know, it comes. But if you start concentrating on the money you feel inauthentic. So you'll know that you're heart-led if concentrating on the money fa makes you feel awkward and a bit embarrassed. And if you find yourself selling in, in some way and you just feel yucky about it, um, if you're heart-led, then you need to be thinking about the change you'll make for people. And when you offer that and they see the passion that you've got and what you can bring them, then you don't feel guilty about selling at all because you know that you can deliver what you're promising um, and that opens the doors for you. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I know that we, we are coming towards the end of our conversation. So I would want to ask you, like, is there something that I haven't asked you yet that you find is important that you would want to address? I think I think it's I think we've covered many things, you know, I think the the one thing that I would love to leave people with is that belief in themselves that if they know that there is something, even if they think it's small, but they know that they could help others to make a change. And very often it's something you've been through yourself and that you've experienced a change yourself. But if they know they've got something that is going to help other people move forward in their life, don't keep it to yourself. Don't think it's, oh, it doesn't matter. There's too many people out there doing it or, um, you know, I don't know where to start. Just nurture it because even if you knew 10 other people who had this kind of change going on, it would be different. Your change, the thing that you can do is different because we're all different and we've got different experiences in our life. So the colour that we are, kind of depicted in is going to be very different from somebody else and there's going to be people who can work with you who wouldn't be able to work with me or wouldn't be able to work with that person down the road because they need you and you know at, in this world even more than ever there are hurting people people who are struggling with their day-to-day -day life and they don't know who's who's there they don't know who can help them so you know don't keep it up to yourself because if you do, somebody out there won't get the help that they need. Yes, and it's a great reminder as well, and it resonates with uh, as we are following each other on LinkedIn with something that you posted today, actually, is uh, hiding 
hiding is not just about us. It's about who else are we depriving from the help that we can possibly provide. So, yes. yeah, so it might feel like we are protecting ourselves, but in a way it's uh, um, it's uh, egotistical. So maybe just having that shift of perception that, you know, uh, uh, thinking a little bit less about ourselves and our comfort and a little bit more about uh, who needs what I have to offer, then maybe that helps to take a step. And the first step can be to to reach out to a community, a community like succeed from the start. Yes. Uh, yeah. Put 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 a foot in the door first, where you know you're going to be supported, and once you get the support, then everything else gets easier. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Don't feel like you if you don't know how to do it, then definitely. I mean, we we that's how we called it and succeed from the start because yeah. because we believe that you can succeed from day one. Um, you can start every day is a win every day every little step forward can be celebrated um, and when you're not doing it on your own of course then it's well it's just easier and so how many people are in, in the community uh, at the moment we've got about 50 people actually members of the community we also have people who are members of our digital marketing platform which is a sort of side so they get some of the support but not the whole not the whole thing but sometimes people start with that they just need that place first of all to get used to the the kind of technical thing behind their business um so we also help people with that too so mm -hmm. and just to make to be clear it's not limited to like you know it's uh, mostly a european uh reach it's not uh, it's not limited strictly to the people in the uk right no, we no the UK um, is a sort of a larger number, but we've also got Europeans. We do also have some people from the US and Canada too. Um, so we're not limited by space. I think when it comes to the speaking side on the stage, obviously if you don't live in, or if you don't live in the UK and you live in Europe, it's fine because we we you know we go near Heathrow, but um, a bit more difficult if you live, if you live in the US. But uh, even so, the actual business community itself is not time you know it's not space bound because we do a lot of virtual things um and we support people in different sort of time zones and things yeah. okay wonderful so everything for those of uh, for the, our audience who's watching right now as usual you'll get all the links to go and check uh angela's platform and the community so don't worry about it it's going to be all included everywhere and uh, on these words, I want to thank you. Thank you very much, Angela, for the time that you spend with us and your mission and being an inspiration. And for people like me who are working, you know, working by themselves out there. So thank you. And uh, on this note, thank you everyone for watching us up until the end. And I shall see you next week for another career and spirituality conversation. Bye.